Today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by Mr. Cool. You guys know that I moved from Oregon to South Carolina, and as it turns out, South Carolina has crazy hot summers, which made the garage completely unusable for me. Uh, I like to use the garage to work out, to work on the kids' bikes, to store stuff from the house that we don't use year-round, and it was just way too hot to be out there. We never would use it in the summertime because it was just way, way too hot. And so I was looking for a do-it-yourself system, something that I could easily install on my own that would keep the garage usable year-round. In the summers, I could turn on the AC out there and it would keep it nice and cool. And in the winters, when it does dip down from time to time, I could turn on the heater and just make that a family usable space all year-round. I absolutely love the system. What I would actually do is use my app to schedule it to go on at certain times. So I would schedule it to go on at 5 or 6 in the morning before I would wake up and grab a cup of coffee. And then as I wake up, go out there, the system turns on and it keeps that garage nice and cool. And it's immediately ready for me to work out in the mornings. And I hadn't even had to think about it because I can preset that to turn on via the app. You can find out about all the Mr. Cool products by going to mrcool.com. That's M-R-C-O-O-L.com. Again, mrcool.com. You can check out all their products. I highly recommend their fourth generation E-Star DIY split system. You can check that out over on mrcool.com. That being said, let's jump into today's episode. All right, super excited to jump in my conversation with my best friend Casey today. I feel like I have an unfair advantage in life because I have a therapist best friend. So you and I have been friends since we were, what, 16? 17 years old. Mm-hmm. I think the last time we did this, we we actually tried to do the math. And I think it's now, then it was like 17 years. Now I think it's like 38. 38 years. <laughs> Two years ago from 17, that's about 38 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. Three, almost four decades. Yeah, dude. We did an episode recently on the show where we were talking about friends, like having the kind of friends who you have no secrets with, who know who all of who you are and like, and still love you. And just the freedom that you find in those kind of friendships. You're Mm -hmm. one of like two of those kind of friends for me who just, Mm -hmm. you've seen me at my worst. You've seen Mm -hmm. literally the darkest moments of my life. You've been with me in those moments and well before all the dad tired stuff. And I still feel Mm -hmm. completely loved and seen by you. And it's just super Mm -hmm. rare. So I'm so grateful for your friendship. I want to talk about you. You were just... I'm giving the audience context here, but you were just hanging out at our house for the last week. Mm -hmm. And as you always do, you help me think through stuff. I'm just trying to like watch a basketball game and you're just like, making (laughs) me go to the deepest parts of my soul. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. No, I love that about you. But you were asking me some good questions and just helping me tie some dots. Well, let me actually give some context here. I know I'm rambling here in this introduction, but just to give some context. So I was actually speaking at an event last weekend and you were here, you were going to that event with me. And the night before the event, we're hanging out with some of my neighbors and we're all just sitting around in a circle, standing around in a circle talking. And all of a sudden I'm like, I can feel what I normally feel the night before I go speak, which is starting to get like, I don't think it's anxiety, but just like my mind is now shifting from this conversation to like, okay, I'm about to go speak. 
my mind is going there. And then all of a sudden I was telling, you started to be like, well, what are you feeling? Like what parts of your body are you getting as you went into the mode? Yeah. And my back, yeah. my lower back starts to get tense. And I'm like telling you all these places on my body where I feel it. And you're like, okay, let's unpack it. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. and for me, I was I'm just pushing you. Yeah. I'm you're getting you there. You know, side note, as a therapist, you don't want to be doing therapy with your friends or family. Just as a, just as a, <laughs> I intentionally was kept it light in the surface. It was more friendipizing than totally. therapizing, you know? Yeah. 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 And that's been our friendship for disclaimer. years, even before you were yeah. like therapist, Casey, totally. you know, you just been totally. our friend. But one thing you were like, we were, I remember we moved from outside into the kitchen and I'd talk about, you know, my back, my lower back was feeling the stress and stuff. And you're like, okay, you said the line, if your back, if that pain or that uncomfortable feeling could have a sentence what would it be? And it took me a little bit to like figure it out. But I said, I, th- I think I rambled through my answer, but I said something to the effect of maybe I'm not fully prepared for tomorrow. And I could see you just light up like ding, ding, that there it is. You know, yeah. your body's trying to tell you something. So anyway, the whole point of what I want our conversation to be today for dads and for men is to really think holistically about this body and brain that God has given us. And uh, you've really helped me think through all the beauty of how God has created our bodies and brains to help us become fully the men that God has called us to be. So I'll now step aside from my really long rambling (laughs) introduction and tell me just some things you're starting to think and see from that perspective. Yeah. Well, what stuck out to me, well, first of all, you know, as far as my credibility and credentials and where all of this is coming from, I'm a fresh graduate. I have a master's just finished my my master's like a week ago i got about a year of clinical experience which isn't very much so this is all coming from a place of working on this myself working on learning some stuff and some books getting some theory working this stuff out so it, all you master therapists out there or whatever you take this all with the grain of salt because i think this is just super helpful and i always love to work things that I, I learn out with friends and kind of work through it. And like, Hey, this, is this work? Is this actually a thing? You know, I always kind of try and do that with you and, and, you know, a few others, but happy to be your, yeah, I think I get the free free stuff. Yeah. And we've always challenged each other in that kind of way. And that's one of the main things I've appreciated out of our friendship and stuff, but yeah, it's really interesting how I think what I've noticed is that, is that we, kind of treat ourselves like we're brains on a stick. We think of our our body, especially like from a Christian perspective, you know, we hear flesh and then, you know, the flesh is bad and and all of this. And we just kind of like wrap everything, uh, put it in a box and then just call it bad. You know, and I think a lot of us think of our body and, and the things that come from our body, especially nowadays with things like anxiety and depression and stuff like this, sadness. And just like, we look at all of these things as like, bad. And I think that it, they're, they're still created by God. You know, they're still designed in the human eye and the heart and the the nervous system and blood. Flow. I mean, there's just so many things working for us that are part of our body. There's urges and there's things that are the whole idea with the flesh. But when you look at your body or even your emotions or sensations as alarm systems, as just information givers, rather than something that's like really bad, you know, like anxiety, this must be bad. You know, all all things, anxiety, all anything, anytime I feel that it must be bad. 
But when you look at that more from a, the perspective of my body's giving me information right now, what is it telling me instead of just kind of like covering it up? That was one of the things I, I noticed in you and what you were talking about because you weren't really present in that conversation with the neighbors. People were asking you something. You were kind of just throwing it out, you know, throwing a surface level. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. You know, <laughs> oh, cool. You definitely, definitely. Yeah. I noticed that where you switched into that just of kind of like, okay, Jared's here, but he's not really present. And that's kind of why I was asking you that kind of was going on. And then I asked you about what kind of stuff was going on in your body. I think what's interesting about that is that you can have, you can take that scenario and kind of run back and forth the whole spectrum. So for me, it was, I was thinking about the next day and my body was trying to give me some kind of signals about the next day. But you can play that Mm -hmm. in a scenario where you are starting to feel your body is giving you some kind of signals and maybe it's mm-hmm. you're feeling that in your marriage or in your parenting, which every guy mm-hmm. has felt that. And I know there are some moms who sneak in here too who are listening. Every wife and mom has felt that. Like in that conversation, there were signals happening that I was just packaging it all up as like, well, this is my normal, what I feel before before a conference kind of thing. But what you help- If you even notice it. If I you even know, notice like Yeah, I wasn't even, even notice noticing those things. It. Right. You know? Right. It was all kind of blended together. And so I think what Mm -hmm. was helpful is to piece together our piece apart, tease apart. What is it that I'm feeling? Where specifically Mm -hmm. am I feeling it? And what is the signal that that's trying to communicate to me? Mm -hmm. Which I think if you could learn those kind of skills, which you've really helped me start to at least think about them, that can be really helpful in your parenting and your marriage as well. But you Mm -hmm. gave me a really good analogy about like just information givers when you're talking about alarms like fire alarm system and stuff. Can you tell us that analogy? Yeah. It seems silly to think of your body, thinking of it as an alarm system is, is really kind of just a simplified way of doing it because your body is pretty complex. But I think it's easy. It's easier to start to understand these things when you think of your emotion like anxiety as an alarm. And when you think of an alarm and what it does, the easiest alarm to think about is like, you know, a fire alarm. And the purpose of the fire alarm, you think of like the whole point of the fire alarm is to disorient you. It's to cause you to become uncomfortable. It's not supposed to be enjoyable. It's not supposed to be like anything that's pleasant, right? It's, it's you know, you can't think. It's so loud. You can barely hear, you know, barely kind of think. And that's by design. You know, the person that designed the fire alarm is meant to, hey, I want there to be a sense of urgency about this. This is really important. But really, at what a fire alarm is essentially doing is it's giving you information. It's giving the closest people information, and that information is there's smoke nearby. That's it. It's just really intense by design, so it causes all this, this stuff, and that's the whole point, right? But at the root of it is it's, okay, there's smoke nearby. But a lot of us, you know, when you think of stuff like that, we think about the uncomfortable parts rather than the information that it has to give us. So now that I have the information, now I can work with what that information is. Okay, there's smoke. And now what do I, I kind of take that out of my body and I kind of put it in my brain, use my brain now and think about, okay, well, now that I know that there's smoke, should I run for my life and grab the quickest thing? Or should I take the bacon off of the the stove? Right. Right. That now gives me the option instead of just reacting When I'm comfortable and I'm okay with the fact of being disoriented or uncomfortable, I can now have a choice 
on what to do. On I can now look at my surroundings. I can kind of be present in the moment rather than just like, get me out of this, just kind of freaking out, right? And not being able to handle that sensation. Yeah, that, that you told me that, that that was super helpful because when you think through like the fire alarm, what could happen in the middle of the night, and for some reason I've had this, I think everyone's fire alarm seems to go off at like 3 a.m. when there's no smoke in the house, <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> So when that can't, when that happens, you just get so disoriented that you just, you could just run out of the house or you could just like freak out and start spraying everything down with a hose or, you know, a fire extinguisher or something like you, you just go mm-hmm. over the top with the information given. Yeah. And like what you said, you that I thought was, yeah, you start reacting. What I thought what you said was helpful was like, okay, take that information. It's just giving you information and it might just be move the bacon, you know, like move the bacon. <laughs> And where that analogy feels really so direct is like when you think through a dad, and I'll just speak for myself, when you just kind of fly off the handle on your kids because you're just feeling all Mm -hmm. the things and it all feels disoriented and blurry. You're trying to get them to bed and every kids are running and screaming and all of a sudden one of them says something disrespectful and that was like the final gasoline on and you're just like, you say something off the Mm -hmm. cut, you yell, you say something sharp, you say something you regret. And the same thing happens in marriage Mm -hmm. where you're feeling all the things And as opposed to just saying, okay, I have information being passed to my brain. What am I going to do with the information? Mm -hmm. Is it just as simple as moving the bacon? Or am I like, am I getting the hose out and pouring out the whole, pouring water on the whole house when really all I need to do is move the bacon? Right. And really to even go into a little bit more like deeper of that analogy to say someone's, a dad's just like really angry, super, something really happened, triggered them, maybe their childhood stuff. Maybe they're just kind of dealing with just like this intensity. And they're, they're wanting to like flip out, but really what's happening is, and and a lot of times they're just not aware of it, is that if they were to stop and press pause and then take a finger and point to all the sensations that they actually have in their body, right? In that very moment, because that's really what's putting them in this. They're so uncomfortable with what happened and what they're feeling with their body. They kind of have to just resolve it really quickly and they either do it from how they've learned to resolve that or whatever it may be. Really, what's happening is you have a headache. Your body temperature has changed. Maybe your cheeks are a little bit red, you know, feeling red. Maybe you're, you feel tingling in your body, you know, or maybe your vision's kind of like you're losing your vision. And when you can actually identify that in yourself of what's actually happening, that's your feeling like you're losing your cool because you have a headache. And it came on really quickly or it came on, you know, and it's disorienting. And so when you can identify those things in yourself, just like you were talking about your back, you know, or whatever, maybe when you can identify these things, you can, it creates space between it. It creates space between you and your disorient. You aren't rage. Like you're just looking at it, you know, from a distance. So when you can see it, it creates distance from it. When you're aware of it, you can actually look at it and practice noticing it in the moment. And that allows you to now have choice rather than just to react. Like, okay, I'm just going to run for my life or I'm just going to yell or I'm just going to do whatever. But when you can realize that, okay, this is, I have a headache and my temperature's changed. Hmm. That's really what's happening right now. And I don't like it and it's really uncomfortable. But now that I'm noticing that, that essentially gives you a choice in the moment rather than just like, at the doctor's office, you know, you have that little thing that hits your knee and you just kind of react. Right. Right. Not r- rather than just like a reflex. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it's, it's, Did I explain that well? I, I kind of ramble on stuff. No, but, it's, that's a really, it's, uh, it's so helpful because I think that guys, I'm guilty. I would, I've talked about this for eight years on this show. Like I'm the emotional one. You know, Layla is freakishly good at what you just described to the point where it's like frustrating yeah. for me. Um, but mm-hmm. she has literally said this where she'll be like, okay, I feel angry. Let me like take my anger, set it <laughs> on the table, evaluate it. What is making mm-hmm. me feel angry? I'm like, why do you have mm-hmm. to be so like emotionally healthy? You know, just like, let's fight it out. You know, <laughs> but, but that's yeah. what you're describing yeah. is, is what she does. And it's so helpful. And I think a lot of guys, we just make excuses and we're talking about anger, but it could be any emotion. It could be anything mm-hmm. that we're like, I'm just reacting. I'm just going to mm-hmm. react and do whatever I want to do. But to say, to like have a tool, and again, I think this is so beautiful. I love the way you said like all of the body is God's creation Mm -hmm. and he's redeeming all of it for his glory. You know, it's not like we just have the spirit and we're just trying to, I think you, it's appropriate. There are times where Paul says, beat your flesh, you know, like put your flesh (laughs) in submission. I think that that, when we're talking about sin issues, absolutely. But even this is like putting your flesh in submission, right? It's the same way of saying, I'm not going to be led by all the emotions that I'm feel, all the um, sensations or emotions that I'm, my body's feeling right now. I feel really flush in my face and my temperature went up and my heart is racing. So I have no choice but just to scream at people. I can take control of my emotions. I can take control of my body and say, okay, what is my body telling me right now? These are the signals <laughs> popping up on the dash or this is the fire alarm going off. And we talked about before in the podcast, like, you know, how helpful it is for a guy to just take like a 30 minute walk that adds that separation. But I think what you're saying adds a whole nother layer to it where you're like, not only am I taking a walk, but I'm like you said, I'm pointing to the places that I'm feeling it in my body. And then I become more accustomed to what I'm feeling. It's almost less about controlling your emotions and more about working with your emotions. What are they saying? Hmm. And then making a value like your thoughts. They aren't really always trustworthy. They are very trustworthy because they're, they're trying to help you. These emotions aren't against you. Like the, your body doesn't just like work against it. It feels like that because of these types of alarm. Like a fire alarm feels like, okay, this fire alarm is not on my side. <laughs> right. it, it's really annoying and I do not like it. You wouldn't go back to it later on and try and like, okay, how do I muffle this for next time? Right. How do I change this and make this just less, like, just so I'm more comfortable, you know, <laughs> right. when it's trying to let me know there's smoke. Like, you don't want it to be, you don't want to be comfortable in the same way. You want anxiety to be anxiety. Anxiety is a great thing. Fear, it lets you know something that's happening in the present. So if you, when you work with these things and you're okay to feel them, then you can work with the present and say, okay. There's something that I need to do. And that's what we did with your like, hey, I, I need to prepare a little bit more. You didn't just be like, okay, my back's hurting. I'm going to go pop an aspirin and then I'm going to get hit the massage gun and I'll be good. You allowed yourself to feel it and just notice it. And then that allowed you to now discern. Is this yeah. something that's trying to give me information or is this something? And being present with it, I think, is the key to helping it work with you and work for you. You know, just like your thoughts, I can have the thought of Jared just doesn't like me. You know, like he, he said this one thing and I can have that thought, but it doesn't necessarily, I got to kind of work with that to like, okay, what evidence do I have that that's where, you know, things yeah. like that. Does that kind of so, make sense? Yeah. It's a really nuanced conversation because, you know, you think about the scriptures that say, be anxious about nothing, right? Like we talk, the scriptures give the mm-hmm. sense that we're not supposed to have anxiety. But I think what you're saying mm-hmm. is, 
I think what we could do in our day and age is to take things like that and it's like, oh shoot, I'm feeling anxious. I shouldn't feel anxious. So let me numb yeah. it. I think we just kind of numb it quickly. Yes. And like you said, yes. it can, numbing can be as simple as let me go pop an aspirin and hit the massage gun and go to bed. Yeah. Could be let me watch some TV. It could be have a beer. It could be look at porn. It could be having it like Dreams, you could yeah. just keep Dreams going strong. down. Yeah, you could just keep going down that yeah. that spectrum. But what we're trying to do in, in all of it is just to not be anxious. And what you're saying right. is like the sensation of anxiety isn't necessarily bad and you don't have to be ruled by it. The key yes. is to let it work in your favor right? to give you the signals it needs to give you to figure out what... I'm trying to think of like, what would that look like practically in a marriage I'll you, fight? I'll give you a perfect... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. In a marriage? Yeah, I, I was trying to think uh, through it in a marriage fight. fight. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. You're feeling all the sensations in a marriage fight mm-hmm. and everything in you just feels yeah. like you want to explode. Yeah. But how would you yeah. use that towards your advantage of like, what is the information? What are some examples where it mm-hmm. would be like, this is trying to give me some information about what I'm feeling. And maybe it ties to, well, you, and you've talked about this before, like every fight is like necessarily, it's essentially one fight. It's the same fight. Yeah. It's the, it is. The, it's always the same fight. Yeah, for sure. There's different theory obviously on that, but anxiety is there to be able to say, Hey, I might get hurt in a few minutes. I'm going to build up my defenses. I'm going to try and protect myself because it hurt emotionally, or I'm, I'm about to get hurt in a way where I don't understand why it's hurting. I don't really understand what it is. So to really just hear this and be like, okay, well, this is more of a protective factor. This is just, all this is doing is just helping me, you know, to try and protect myself. I mean, if you think of anxiety, just from a, a basic level, if you go and lay down on, in an intersection and you close your eyes, like you want your body, or if you're on the edge of a cliff, you want your body to give you some sort of like, okay, let's not be calm about this. Let's like get away from the edge right now. You want your, and that's not a sentence, right? That is a sensation. That's where anxiety is. That's where you want anxiety to be there. You just don't want it late at night while you're watching Netflix at eight o'clock or when you're, you know, just driving and all of a sudden you're feeling anxious, you know, but when you can be a, when you can try and just notice when you can work on that, we kind of talked about this, had this kind of conversation a little while ago, but when you work on this kind of noticing muscle, when you can notice, start noticing these things about yourself rather than push it away, but just kind of like, look at it. What is telling me that I'm anxious right now? And have I felt this before? Have I felt it like exactly the way it, the way it is? And the way that I know that is that, okay, my back is tense in the same way, in the same spot. You know, I've got a headache. That's how I know. And I've felt this before I've spoke. Like you gave that example. I've spelt, I felt this before I spoke before, or I felt this in a, in a fight or whatever. What you said there was really interesting about the defense mechanism for I'm about to get hurt. I think that's probably going to mm-hmm. resonate with a lot of couples. Cause even for a guy, when you're in the middle of like, you can tell your marriage is about you're in the middle of what's going to be probably a fight or a disagreement or some kind of friction with you and your wife. Mm-hmm. And you start to feel all those things. You might react out of anger or silence or whatever your tactic is, but all of it is kind of that, what you described. And I think it's really accurate is that defense mechanism, which is safety. I might get, yeah. I might, yeah, safety. I might get hurt here. And so I have to put some kind of wall up. And I wonder if we could just become men who, like you said, grow that muscle. So I know what I'm feeling right now when I'm about to get into an argument or disagreement or friction. I know what I'm feeling. 
And I just say, instead of putting up all the walls, I just say, right now, I actually feel really scared that this conversation is mm-hmm. going to turn into something where I might get hurt. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. that seems so simple, dude, but it would be like a life-changing thing for, <laughs> for every marriage. Well, that's the thing is that now, okay, let's just follow the track down. Okay. Now I'm feeling anxious. I noticed that I'm feeling anxious because my lower back or my top, my, my, I can feel these sensations. This is how every time we're about to forget in a fight that I'm coming home and it might be in the, the idea of I'm hurt now I'm getting hurt or whatever. But so, so you've got these signals that you're having and then what you're actually learning. And if you, if you look at that and you try and draw those sentences to those sensations and you say, okay, I'm protecting myself right now. I'm gearing up to protect myself. Now, when you think of that and you create that sentence, now you have something new to communicate because that's what's actually happening. You know, maybe you're arguing over the trash can or you're arguing over whatever it may be. You're having these arguments that are super, super simple and, and never the fight, the fights aren't ever about those things. You know what I mean? They're, they're never about like, yeah, yeah. who emptied the dishwasher or whatever, you know, right. so you go in and you say in your mind and you kind of process is like, Hey, I'm putting up my defenses right now. I'm afraid that I'm going to get hurt. Like you said, what would that now be? You know, I've noticed that I'm putting up my guard. Now I can, commu- maybe you communicate that and say, Hey, you know what? I feel like I'm about to get hurt by you right now. That's what's coming up for me right now. I, I just, I don't want that. I don't want to hurt you. I don't know if that's something that you're feeling too right now. And then now you're talking about like the real stuff rather than the dishwasher and when that was emptied yeah. and when that needs to be emptied and how promptly that needs to be emptied or whatever it is, right. you know, whatever the, the right. silly stuff is. You know? you, yeah. You said something when you were here just this last week, like every fight is really about the same thing or every fight kind of comes down to getting your deepest wound getting poked. And yeah. that was one yeah. of the most convicting things you've ever shared with me. Cause I'm like, if I yeah. reflect on the biggest friction points in my marriage, it was always, mm-hmm. I can make a direct line to like my wound, mm-hmm. Layla sticking a thumb in my wound from like yeah. childhood. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it's the same fight, you know, and this is a theory that this is like a kind of a, a relational theory based on this like type of therapy, emotional focus therapy. And the idea is that when you're in basic conflict, you're like essentially by one small surface level comment you're instantly going into the other person's deepest wound. And that's why you're yelling like two seconds later after the, I mean, why you're talking about spoons and and bowls and why is this so coming up so much for you? And it's, and it's each person has this cycle of like, of unintentionally putting their wound in, putting their thumb into the other person's wound. And that's part of something that just to kind of, be aware of and be like, Hey, I think, I think you're hurt right now. I think I got my, my thumb in your wound, Mm. you know, or that's how you're feeling about yourself. Mm. There's a process to work through that, but that's kind of the basic assumptions. If there's a couple that just feels like they're, it's kind of cyclical for them. They keep like the same argument keeps coming up and maybe the, the path that they got to that destination was different. Dishwasher, trash, too much work, Mm. whatever the thing is. How do you get to the point where you're like, where you can say what you just said, hey, did I just like prick your wound <laughs> or however you would say that? You yeah. Know, like Layla has said that to me. We've gotten to the point where Layla said, has said that to me. Like, I think I just like hit something, a nerve yeah. in you that I, that is much deeper than what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean to hit that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. But 
that takes a lot of practice and self-awareness and humility and empathy. Like how would a couple, if there's a guy listening, like how does he even start yeah. to, to yeah. breach that with his wife? Well, do these first three easy steps, right? No, no, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's a very complicated thing, but, and that's, that's the design of therapy, you know, yeah. going through. But I will say just from a practical note, you know, I think that could be, just be helpful for just the random guy is really understanding what is your wound? What is the wound that someone else has their thumb in? And really understanding just the whole process. When does that happen? You know, what's actually being affected? What do I feel? Do I feel? And, and by the way, just side tangent, feelings, as far as an actual true feeling, like frustration is one, but the frustration, annoy, I feel annoyed, you know, things like that. Those are real feelings, but they're very surface level. To really get down to like what is actually causing those things is like there's fear, sadness, anger. Those are usually where you're going to go to those like those primary it's obviously not happiness right you're not kidding you know? and the only other one is like surprise and disgust so most likely those aren't the ones so it's usually going to be around anger or fear or sadness sometimes it's hard to do that with ourselves really admit to ourselves that yeah. we're angry or we're afraid to try and get that but that's what that deepest wound is is triggering is fear or sadness or whatever it may be understanding that about yourself i think is the first part the other person isn't going to think about and worry about your wound that you you don't even understand yourself so i think really understanding yourself being curious about that part of you i think can really help you communicate a little bit better about like hey these are the times where i feel that this wound is most hurt because when i was 8 this person said this thing and it was like devastating for me and i think about it it can come up in a second for me. I can probably ask you, you know, just even for the listener right now, I'm just like, I can probably just generally ask you, hey, is there something that just comes up really quickly that in the middle of a fight or whatever it is, it probably will, you could feel it right now come to the surface. Just being like, hey, this has affected me my whole life and I could probably come up with a sentence to define it. Yeah. You know, so just being aware in yourself of that, I think could be really helpful. And Dude, start, this is the journey, a, start that journey. You know? Yeah, spiritual leadership stuff, man. This is like you want to lead your family well. You have to dig under the surface and tackle these kind of things. And this is the gold, man, of like growing in manhood. When you were describing mm -hmm. that, I'll just share. I'll share something that I've been able to make those kind of ties. It's, I'm embarrassed to say this, but there are like there are certain personalities of men specifically that are hard for me to be around. So if we just go in the order of what you just described. So what I would say in a very surface level is I would just be like, oh, that dude's annoying. So I know mm -hmm. I'm probably not supposed to say yeah. that as a pastor and a you know, spiritual yeah. leader or whatever. But I feel that. you know, Sometimes I'm around a certain per mm -hmm. type of personality in a guy and I'm like, that's just annoying. Well, annoyed yeah. is not really what I'm probably feeling. And so, right. so annoying is the surface level. And then I take a shovel out of my soul and I, and I dig into that <laughs> soil and I toss it and I go a layer deeper. Yeah. The next yeah. layer is if I'm being self-aware is like, okay, what part of my body do I feel tension in when I'm around this quote unquote annoying dude, a kind of person. Mm -hmm. And usually it'll be some kind of insecurity, which is now we're starting to get closer to, I've taken another scoop of the soil and I've dug mm -hmm. a little bit deeper and insecurity for me, is going to tie back to fear. So fear, mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. I don't measure up in the circle 
this guy is, it's not really that he's annoying. It's that he's starting to poke some of my insecurities and my fears that I can't measure up as a man. And yes. this, you know, this is hard stuff to admit, you know, but especially <laughs> yeah, no, people, no. Uh, publicly, <laughs> it's yeah. easier to admit when <laughs> you're, you're just sitting in my living room and we're talking about this over yeah. <laughs> But dude, there's a specific, it was like a Wednesday, my freshman year in fall in California. And I was mm. just joined the soccer team. And there were some juniors and seniors who were literally making fun of me from like head to toe, making fun of me. And I remember the day, I remember what I was wearing. I remember where I was standing. I remember the temperature. Like I remember everything about that moment and how it made me feel. Now you fast forward from freshman, you know, 15 year old little Jared to 36 year old Jared. And I am around that kind of personality, (laughs) of the same kids, juniors and seniors who were making fun of me that day, what my surface level is, is I'm annoyed. That dude's annoying. Mm -hmm. But really what Mm -hmm. I'm feeling is like, oh, shoot, I'm 15-year-old Jared who feels insecure around this guy. And he's pricking my uh, insecurities and my value as a man. And this is where gospel spiritual leadership happens. And this is why these body signals and the stuff we're talking about is so important so that I can feel all of those things from getting past the annoying to feeling the sensation in my body to being self-aware to making direct ties back to childhood to say that is not what those boys said about me is not who I am. I'm a delighted son of the most high God. This is who I am regardless of what I can accomplish today as a 36 year old and regardless of what I look like or sounded like or acted like as a 15 year old boy. And so this is why I'm I'm just trying to like tie a bow here because I wish we could yeah, do yeah. like multiple counseling I sessions know, for, for me and for the guys. But <laughs> just for us to say like, why yeah. are we talking about this stuff? It could feel like, you know, foo-foo, like what dude, dude, we, do need, we don't need therapy. Yeah, We're men, yeah. but it's like, bro, whoa, whoa. this is the kind of stuff that changes us. Woo, yeah. What did I say? Foo-foo. <laughs> this is the kind <laughs> of stuff that changes us as men. And as a result, I end up being a better husband and father and disciple. So. Anyway, that was a long rant, man. I'm going to give you final last words, bro. Any any final thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that was that was good. I, my hope and prayer for my friends and my family and myself and the stranger that I'm able to talk to or impact, you know, is just, you know, it's it's really hard to feel the good emotions, you know, like peace and joy and, you know, when you aren't okay to feel the other emotions as well. You know, you can't just shut off the bad ones and feel the good ones. You know, it's kind of like some like an electrical panel. Like you can't just there are, you know, it's not just okay. Let me flip off the quick kitchen and do you know, all that stuff. You gotta. It's kind of one switch. You can either feel or you don't feel. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that being okay with anxiety, being okay and letting it be there, and realizing that what I'm feeling in my sensations right now. It's just a headache. It's just my temperature changing. And my body doesn't know how to give me sentences. It doesn't know how to give me a formulated thing. So it just has to warn me of these bullies that I had in high school. Or that's all it can do is use my digestive system or my brain or my skin temperature to let me know something. that Hey, this, something's not right. And then I use my brain to work through whatever that is, whether it's valid or not. You know, But I, I give that just a... Yeah. Just, yeah, just as like a as a hope for people to kind of get to that point. And I'm still learning it. Obviously, this is like a lifelong thing, but to be really helpful. Well, man, I appreciate your wisdom and your humility and your friendship. 
you have such a deep empathy and love for people. I wish you could just sit one-on-one with all of our guys, dad tired guys, and just help <laughs> them process the way I feel really lucky to get that with you. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I think that maybe the homework for you as a listener, I appreciate that, bro. I feel like the homework for the listener is whenever you're listening to it, this episode, just try to spend the rest of today and over the next couple of days, like as those sensations come up, instead of just numbing them out, which is usually our first response, like, I don't want to feel that. Let's get away from that feeling. Instead of running from the fire alarm or muffling it, just say, hmm, I wonder what my body might be trying to tell me. And again, I just think everything like God doesn't waste, you know, like he's the creator. He's the one who knit that body together so beautifully and so strategically. And I think he in tandem will use your body and his spirit to just be like, all right, let me talk to you for a minute. (laughs) Don't muffle it Mm -hmm. out. That's really gracious of a God to do that for us because every other animal is just flying on instinct, you know, but we've got this whole Mm -hmm. part of us, you know, mind, body, soul, spirit, like all of it to just take all that information to help us become the men God's called us to be. So bro, love you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thankful for you. And thanks for giving us your wisdom today, man. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, as always, I hope that episode was helpful for you on your journey of becoming more like Jesus and helping your family do the same. Again, if you haven't jumped into our family leadership program, we would love to have you dive in, get to know you a little bit better and challenge you to become the man God's called you to be. You can do that by going to dadtire.com, click the family leadership program tab, and you can jump in right away. I love you guys. We'll see you next week.